0: everybody welcome to the mainland podcast episode number 148 where we talk about all things orlando city and orlando pride ocb when there's news and all other things uh, involving soccer in orlando uh by the way i'm michael citro i'm the founder and managing editor of themainland.com joining me as always from tallahassee florida david rowe dave how are you
1: I'm feeling free, free as a bird, free from burdens. Um, it's, I, I can't, I can't imagine why I'm feeling this way. Do you have any suggestions?
0: Yes, I believe you are a house elf, and someone gave you an article of clothing.
1: That must be it. Dobby is free. Yes, Mr. I don't Potter think that's what it is.
0: Set me free. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. I'm guessing. Um, Orlando City, Dave, wrapped up the 2018 debacle—I mean season—with uh, a one-nil loss at the New York Red Bulls. I do want to get into this game a little bit, but I, I certainly would like to start out by saying that you know the Lions didn't have a lot to play for in this game. Um, we've seen in the past that uh, Orlando City teams with nothing to play for on the road on the last day of the season, i.e., 2017 can get mm-hmm. absolutely run out of the stadium. But on this day, I mean, I got to say, you know, we've, we've seen the offense struggle throughout the last two and a half months of the season, and it struggled again, obviously, on uh, Sunday. But the team put up some fight, and I, I was actually pleased with the effort of the team, even though they, they went down to defeat 1-0. I
1: would agree. You know, for 50-some minutes, uh, they played about as good as – you could expect that team to play. I mean, there's certainly not the best that we, we hope they they could play, but it was, um, you know, we were in it and for no reason were we in it other than that. They, they seemingly wanted to try a little bit, which was odd. I guess we're not just not used to seeing that.
0: Red Bulls had a lot to play for Dave. They were on the the cusp of a supporter shield uh, in a race with the, uh, with Atlanta United. Of course, they, were a couple of points behind or a point behind Atlanta United needed to at least get a draw and have Atlanta lose and make up some goal differential or get a win and Atlanta draw or lose. And I think that's how it went, but it doesn't really matter because how it ended up going is New York won and Atlanta lost at Toronto. So uh, the Red Bulls won the shield. But the, the point really is that New York had a lot to play for. Um, you know, best team in the league over the last couple of regular seasons, pretty much. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they didn't pull any punches. They came out strong and Orlando gave as good as they got, I think in that game. And and especially in the first half, the second half was a little more New York's way, I think as, um, as it went on, but we got bad news right off the start because Lamine Sané got hurt in pregame warmups and uh, Chris Schuler. Uh, was uh, tasked with replacing him as uh, Jonathan Spector continued his tour. o injuries as uh, his back still would not allow him to play. Chris Gita also missed the game with an adductor in- injury. That adductor injury has has plagued him all season. It's come and gone. I don't know that it ever healed properly. I wouldn't be surprised to hear uh, after the season if he got some surgery to get that thing fixed up. Um, maybe just tried to play through it all year. But, yeah. um, you know, he didn't, he wasn't available. There were there were other guys not available. But, um, you know, so a back line of a three man back line, I really thought when Schuler came in, we would see a switch to a four man back line. But um, James no. O'Connor said, no, I'm going to stick with this three man back line. And I think he did um, a pretty good uh, job of, of coaching his team up because I thought Shane O'Neill played really well. And Amaro Tarek yep. played really well. And Schuler. Had some really really uh, dicey moments in the first half, but I think overall he settled in and 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 for a guy who hasn't played much the second half of the season, uh, I thought he played pretty well considering how rusty he was.
1: You know that's been the story of Chris Schuler this entire you know season or since we since we got him is uh, uh, he's rusty. He gets in there, he plays about as well as you think he can, and uh, and sometimes he surprises you. Sometimes he lives up to what you think, which is yeah, he's going to make a mistake. But like you say, uh, you know, not too not too shabby from uh, Schuler there. Uh, additionally, uh, the entire back line for the uh, most part in the first half, you know, once again, not too shabby. Uh, doing a decent job of uh, protecting Grinwis when he wasn't protecting himself.
0: Yes, Adam Grinwis uh, again gets the start and really became a reliable goalkeeper down the stretch for Orlando City, the most reliable and consistent goalkeeper that the team had this year, which is odd considering he was the third string keeper most of the season. Um, you know, of course, he had a chance to prove himself early in the game where um, a ball got away from Mohamed el um, I think because of a foul on, on Derek Etienne, which wasn't called. I think he got clipped. It threw him a little bit off balance. Ball gets away from him. He makes a lunge for it and he, and he gets Bradley Wright Phillips. And a penalty is awarded, and you're thinking, Welp, it's going to be another 6-1 probably today. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it was a, a crafty um, veteran move for Sasha Kleschen to clue in his goalkeeper where that ball was going to go. And Grinwis yep. uh, dove to his right, but he, he, he uh, Etienne kicked it more toward the middle of the of the goal, and uh, Grinwis was able to get his legs uh, up and on that and keep it out. And, and then not only to keep it out, but to – uh, to get it cleared, the Lions end up getting it cleared, and it was a big moment in the game.
1: Yeah, and he he uh, he faked left, went right, um, and uh, which I after I watched it for the third or fourth time, I, I kind of you know saw that again, and it was a uh, I'm sure he was thinking, okay, Sasha's telling me to go right, I'll go right, but um, I don't want to telegraph it too bad, so uh, it was a uh, you know. Anytime you can save a a penalty kick, that's huge. It's a big momentum thing for the team. Uh, you know, it puts a little step in the in the rest of the guys because you know that's that's one of those things that you know, generally speaking, is uh, unless something weird happens, fairly uh, fairly easy for the uh, the team to score a goal on. So to to, to save that, it's always it's always huge. And uh, you know, good job by Adam on on doing so. Um, I'm going to credit the fact that. Uh, he's come on so strong with you know he's a ginger and uh, you know he's got the ginger power.
0: City had a big um, couple of big chances to score in the first half. Uh, one where it was a, a a cross in from El Mounir that Dom Dwyer got onto, but he sent it just wide. Um, a really good opportunity there. Another one later in the in the half when Shane O'Neill got forward and just unleashed a bomb toward Luis Robles with the it was the only shot on target in the first half for Orlando. Mm-hmm. And Robles could do nothing with it, but punch it out. And, um, it fell for Sutter who headed it back into the area for Mueller. And all Mueller had to do was get it on target. And his header landed on the roof of the net. Just, a, another microcosm of the second half of the season for the rookie. Who's, uh, who's had a tough of late.
1: He has. And, and you feel for him, especially because it's, it's not a lack of heart or, uh, effort on the part of, of Chris. It's, you know, it's probably a couple things it's. You know, the first time that he's playing, you know, this long of a season, um, this type of soccer, you know, coming out of college. And then also just, um, you know, he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Rookies make mistakes. Um, you know, we, we, we kind of got spoiled hoping we were going to have uh, a wonderkind uh, after that little uh, three-goal stretch, but it uh, not to be. Um, I, I think the the good news is there's plenty of room for him to grow. The bad news is uh, it, it it didn't happen in the second half of this of the season,
0: right? And you know, to be fair, for a rookie to be involved in ten goals in a season, he had three goals, ten uh, three goals, seven assists for, you know, being involved in ten goals. That's pretty good uh, production from any rookie in Major League Soccer. And I think that, you know, considering the fact that he stopped scoring but he kept contributing in other ways, that's, that speaks highly of his character. He's a good character guy, very high motor guy, good energy, good effort, but he needs to work on a few things in the offseason. Build up his strength and stamina a little bit so he doesn't get knocked off the ball. Um, I think he needs to work on some 1v1 moves so that he's more than a I'm going to do a step over and hope the guy goes the wrong way kind of guy. And, yeah. um, and, and finally some finishing, uh, you know, some finishing some shots. I think those are the things that he needs to work on in the off season. And I think he can be a productive player. I think that he's a guy who hopefully, you know, Dom could take under his wing, teach him, you know, show him a few moves. Um, you know, I, I I think that Mueller you know, had a, a good rookie season, but it did it did look tantalizing early in the season where it looked like he, he might become the the club's second rookie of the year, um, you know, after Kyle Laren and uh, a couple of years back. But um, it was not to be. Uh, and uh, the teams went to the locker rooms, the locker room scoreless. Uh, very even statistically in the first half, possession was was about 5050 shots I think and shots on goal I think were exactly the same. so mm-hmm. uh, and even the passing accuracy was very similar. So good effort from the lads in the first half come out in the second half and not too deep into the second half. Uh, just a, 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 a miscue results in um, you know O'Neal being 1v1 with Etienne at the top of the area. nobody really covering in behind. Uh, Etienne did a nice job of, of you know, faking him out. Uh, again, the 1v1 moves we just talked about Mueller needing to work on. Uh, Etienne looked like he had, w- with his speed, oneill has got to respect his ability to go around him to the baseline or to the end line. And, um, you know, he got caught trying to cut him off going that direction. Etienne did a good job of cutting it back and taking a shot. Grinwitz gets a hand on it, but uh, not a strong enough hand to keep it out.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, Etienne was wanting that goal after uh, uh, missing on the on the on the penalty. So it was he was he was certainly determined. Um, And it's that's one of those things that we've seen over and over um, the season is the the giveaways in the defensive end. It happened. It happened enough that it was one of my five takeaways because it, it happened so much that I was like, and again and again. And again and again. And so Mm -hmm. it's it's frustrating uh, because, of course, uh, especially if you're, you know, as we all know, if you're trying to build anything from the back, um, you can't give the ball away and do that effectively.
0: Yeah, I think Schuler had some heavy touches and especially in the first half leading to some giveaways. um, Just again, I mean, he has you've heard the old stone hands, uh, you know, um, moniker given to wide receivers who dropped the ball. He was stone feet.
1: That sounds applicable. Yeah,
0: he had some stone feet, some heavy touches in that first half, especially a few in the second half. But uh, you know, Schuler and and there wasn't Schuler, there wasn't anybody to help out O'Neill on the uh, on the goal. So all that Etienne had to do was beat his man one v one in space, and that's uh, something that a a quick striker should be able to do. And it kind of spoiled a really great outing from O'Neill. I thought that O'Neill was maybe the best player on the pitch, um, you know, outfield player. For Orlando City, but that was it. That was all the scoring, Dave. There was nothing else. Uh, there was a goal by Dom Dwyer that was uh, pulled back, uh, rightfully so, for offside. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know Dom went offside a couple times. A lot of people complained about it. But you're always going to have a top striker is always going to have a lot of offside calls because Bradley Phillips gets a lot, too, because you're playing on the back shoulder of the last defender and you have to get the timing down. And sometimes you can't get the timing down, especially if you're playing with say, I don't know, your 43rd different lineup of midfielders uh, <laughs> yeah, in, <laughs> for the season. But it's I don't fault Dom for that. I mean, all strikers have that, and you're going to be offside. I think he only had three, I want to say. And that's not an inordinate amount for a game. The problem is, is, in a game where you don't have a lot of scoring chances, those three get magnified, even though they're kind of a, a run-of-the-mill stat. I did think that he was... I thought he was wrongfully called offside on the play where Mueller should have shot the ball mm-hmm. uh, where he was, he was unlo- he just unleashed with a, just a gorgeous pass from Sasha question uh, through ball for Mueller. Mueller comes in on the right, showed his lack of confidence by passing up a, a, a scoring attempt and uh, trying to slide it in for Dom. And then the, the flag came up for Dom being offside. I watched the replay a few times. It didn't seem like he was obviously offside, but, and again, that's one of those things where let the, let the play play out and you can always go to video review. If it, you know, if it goes in the net, you go to video review just to make sure. And we see that other teams get the benefit of that, but we don't see Orlando city getting the benefit of that seemingly ever.
1: No. And, and you and I have long or after this season, anyway, we've given up on our, uh, uh not being conspiracy conspiracy theorists. We are now full bled uh, uh, Tinfoil hat wearers. Uh, so yeah, it's um, uh, it. It feels like it's just systemic at this point um, against Orlando City, and you know, I, I don't know if that'll ever change. It may just be something we have to score enough points so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> you're right, uh, and 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 it's that was one of those ones where I'm sure you were doing the same thing. I'm I'm yelling at Mueller, you know, why didn't you shoot that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost easy to play Mueller now because you can you can predict what he'll do it's easier to play him and that's one of the things that he needs to adjust on is being less predictable you know that Chris Mueller is going to not have the confidence there to take the shot and try to score Uh, whereas earlier in the year you saw much more confident Chris Mueller scoring goals from that kind of position
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: so, um, yeah, so those were the best chances. Uh, Dom also had another one that went wide uh, off another El Mounir uh, cross, which uh, I thought Mohamed El Mounir had a pretty good finale. We've come to find, Dave, that for all the problems Mohamed El Mounir had as a left back this year, as a left wing back, he's pretty good.
1: Oh, he's been much better at that position. And even when he was playing left back and he would drift up uh, to essentially a left winger, it was... Uh, you see that that was where he wanted to be so much so that he was like, "Yeah, I know I'm supposed to be a left back, but I'm I'm just going to go up the field a little bit." So um, no, he's absolutely been been better in that position, and um, and I think it I think it suits him better. So hopefully, if uh, if he's still here uh, come next season, that's that's something that uh, James O'Connor does, and I I think with the way O'Connor's going to want to you know uh, put out the formation, I think that that would probably work into his scheme anyway.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think that with with Elmanir and Sutter as your wingbacks, I think the preferred shape of James O'Connor has a real opportunity to take off. I think that what we've seen down the stretch is that an O'Neill, Sané, Tarek, three man back line or Asquez in, in case you know, if he's in instead of Tarek is pretty quality back three. And they pl- they all play the ball very well with their feet. They all have decent pace I think that he's got the real beginnings of, uh, you know, of a solid back five if if those five play. And it doesn't matter if you have Asquist at uh, at one of the center backs or if you use Amro Tarek because, you know, Tarek started the season really strong. Of course, after he had a call up to uh, Egypt and he came back from that and he had a really uh, a real rough period for a few games and, and so much that he lost, uh, he lost playing time over it. But then at the, toward the end of the season, when he stepped back into the lineup, he's played great again. So there really is some yeah. building blocks there for, for James O'Connor to have a solid three man back line. And that's not even counting Jonathan Spector. If he comes back, although I th- mm-hmm. think he might be out of contract and with all the injuries this year, it may be time to turn the page there, but Uh, I mean, I think Sané played really well down the stretch. He had a a tough start, but I don't think he was healthy or fit the beginning of the year. And then he Mm -hmm. was trying to slot in against. I mean, this was back line number 26 in 34 (laughs) games. So Sané's played a lot of combinations. It's taken him a lot of time to to sort of settle in. But I think that three man back line really has some some potential if everybody can stay healthy. Uh, And I also think that those two wingbacks are are a solid pair of wingbacks for for an MLS team. So, I mean, there's some building blocks. We know that the attack needs help. That's that's uh, a given. And I think that if you have Oriol Rossell playing the way he did and has been the last uh, couple of months and Yoshio Toon, I think you got some good, solid defensive midfielders you can play. You just got to get some attack, something to help Dom up top.
1: Oh, absolutely! Um, you know the the midfield is going to run through Yoshi. Uh, we've seen that. That's quite obvious. He has been the best player on the team uh, for whenever he's been on the field, um, and there's there's not much argument about that. I don't think. Uh, I think the other lesson is don't let Amro go uh, play international anymore because uh, <laughs> when he comes back, he's not as good. So, uh, I'm sorry, Bud. You're just going to have to stay here. Um, yeah, if I don't know, you know, obviously, you know, we'll talk about this during the offseason as things happen. You know, who knows who's going to be here and all that. But I I think you're right that uh, as as James O'Connor went down the stretch here, I mean, the the guys that were in were the guys that he's, you know, he's wanting to either keep or see something in and or he didn't have a choice. So, you know, will they all be there? No, of course not. But uh, you're right. There is there is potential there uh, for those back five.
0: Yeah, I saw a marked improvement among the back line the last few games. And I think that those guys learn to play together and get some continuity. They can all play the ball with their feet. They're all pretty good in the air. I think it's I think it's the makings of a good back line. So we'll just have to see how it comes together next year. All right. So that was about it for the good scoring chances for Orlando. New York had a couple Bradley Wright Phillips uh, was denied in the 83rd by Grinwiss and another good save in the 94th on Daniel Royer and the game ends one nil
1: Dave, who's your man of the match? Uh, this was pretty well a no brainer. Adam Grinwiss, uh, Bunch of big saves to keep this at uh, one nil instead of what could have been, you know, four or five nils. Or so it's uh, coming up big on the PK. Even if he had help from Sasha, and then, like you said, those those late saves as well, um, where he had some one v ones and and to have the uh, the presence and the um, uh, I don't know, just the the vision to to make it happen. Uh, he he had probably his best game, and and that's saying something because he's played pretty well.
0: Yeah, I had this as Shane O'Neill until the uh, at the exception of the goal, the 1v1, losing the 1v1 battle, uh, tilted the scales for me to Adam Grinwitz. He didn't have to make a lot of saves. He only made three, but they were good saves. And, of course, one was on a penalty. So he kept his team in it, gave him a chance to win, gave him a fighting chance, and that's what you want from your keeper. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the, the teams, they, he didn't pass as well as he normally does, but none of none of the back players did because, they didn't fool around with the Red Bulls press as much as we've seen in the past. They kicked the ball long a lot in this game. And um, I think a th- I think something like a third of Amro Terek's passes were long balls. So wow. it was yeah, they were launching the ball up the pitch and trying to just, uh, you know, stay organized and uh, not give the Red Bulls uh, you know transition opportunities. I thought for the most part, they did keep the Red Bulls from having a lot of transition, uh, especially as well as the Red Bulls have been playing of late.
1: Yeah. And, and obviously, O'Connor, you know, went into it like that, hoping that, uh, you know, you can get something on a, a long ball counter, uh, especially if, you know, if you able to get on the ball. Um, and, and we saw some of that. Unfortunately, you know, we had some offsides and whatnot, but uh, it was it was pretty obvious that was what was going on. And, you know, uh, if not for an offsides or, or something like that, then, you know, it might have been it might have been a different story.
0: So the season is over. The Lions won a whopping eight games this year. Mm. Uh, It wasn't good. It was the worst season ever in Orlando City history, which is saying something. But it's over. We have the offseason now. In a few weeks, we're going to be going, man, I really miss the Lions. But right now we're going, they can't hurt us anymore.
1: That's why I feel free. Yes, that's why you feel free.
0: Crazy day on Sunday, Dave. The decision day, as MLS calls it. Of course, uh, New York winning and Atlanta going to Toronto. And Toronto FC remembered they were Toronto FC and beat Atlanta. <laughs> so we're very happy to have uh, played a role in, you know, New York passing Atlanta on the final day and, and winning the supporter shield. No trophy for you, Atlanta.
1: No trophy, and uh, the good news is, is uh, you know, we didn't have to play a huge role. Like, we didn't have to get our butts kicked for it to happen. You know, a nice one, no loss rather than a, a beatdown. Yeah, it went uh, down swinging. Yeah, it went down swinging, and, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, no big surprise for us, but like you said, no hardware for Atlanta. Got to love that.
0: Absolutely. Uh, It was a crazy decision day out west as well. L.A. Galaxy looked like they were cruising past RSL. RSL didn't play. Rail Salt Lake had the day off because there's 23 teams in Major League Soccer and somebody had to be off, and Mm -hmm. it was Rail Salt Lake. So they sat at home with a very slim lead over the L.A. Galaxy. L.A. Galaxy were hosting a bad Houston team that has struggled on the road this year. And of course, LA got out to a two-nil lead and it looked like, okay, Zlatan time. And Houston came roaring back in that game and won 3-2 on the road. They had no business winning that game, and actually I got to see parts of the end of that game, and there was a there was a ball that Zlatan put in for Sebastian Legette and it was he served it up on a platter and somehow Legette missed it. Uh, But only that would have only tied the game and it was in stoppage time already. So um, it still wouldn't have helped the galaxy. But just an unbelievable uh, turn of events where, uh, you know, the you you have to think of the you know, we have not ridden a roller coaster of emotions, even though we had that early season success and then just nothing but misery ever since. Well, we had
1: we had the, the we went up the hill. And then we went down Yeah, the, the and Hill that was never, the end of the ride. Yeah. it yeah. never
0: just stopped at the bottom. The, at RSL the bottom. And, and LA Galaxy fans had to be going nuts on Sunday because, you know, one team, oh man, we're out of it. And the other team, yeah, we're going to the playoffs. And then all of a sudden it completely reversed. It, it just was uh, that it, it's crazy. And, you know, Sean wrote a story about, uh, about decision day on our site about how we haven't really got to participate in the madness Um, Yeah. And the excitement of it. And, you know, the other one that was unsettled was, will Columbus make the playoffs or will it be Montreal and Columbus uh, took care of business against Minnesota United and uh, reached the playoffs? So that was that was uh, there was a lot of that going on on Sunday. Very interesting day in Major League Soccer. But the season is over, Dave, and I think we can uh, sum up Orlando City's season. With a prolonged fart noise. Ready? No, no, we oh. don't do that on the air. Let's not do we that. We not that on the air. air. No,
1: no, oh, no. come no. on! No.
0: we could just say it. People know what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, well, and,
0: and, and plus it's just so much better in your, in your imagination. Well, that's um, fair. Orlando Pride, Dave. There is a lot of uh, a lot of the players are in Australia playing in the W League, including mm-hmm. Chioma Obogugu and Carson Pickett, and they uh, combined for Brisbane Roar. Uh, to score a tying goal the other day uh, with uh, Chi throwing in a, a great pass. Not throwing it in, she kicked it in, but um, crossing a really nice ball for Carson Pickett to finish, and uh, and that ended up in a 1-1 draw. Chioma Obogugu in the news today, as we record this, as she has been called up to not the U.S. Uh, women's national team like last year uh, when she was called into camp as a defender and uh, did not play in a friendly she was called up by england she is a dual citizen and she gets an england call and they've uh, got some upcoming friendlies as well in november so maybe chi gets a, gets a role with england
1: yeah it's so she goes from getting an assist to getting an international call up i always thought that the the things about you mm-hmm. know Australia and being down under and everything being opposite where we're a little bit exaggerated, but evidently not because you know, it's, it's all uh, it's all aces for Gemma right now.
0: Everything's coming up. Chi it's this, it's the winter of Chi.
1: It is indeed the winter of Chi. <laughs> <laughs> no, good for her though. I mean, you know, it's as, as much as we would have liked to have her play a little bit better when she was here. Uh, you know, I, you, you do want her to be successful. And, and so, uh, you know, good on the assist, good on the call up. Um, hopefully she's able to do something with it, but it's, it's just, it was odd. I mean, to, to, to get the news that, uh, the two pride players had connected, uh, down for the roar and, uh, and, and score that goal. And you're like, wait, wait, wow, what, why, why can't we have that?
0: Yeah, I know it's, But, you know, the the thing that a lot of people don't, you know, really remember is W League is not as strong as the NWSL. The, you know, you remember Rachel Hill went down there and tore them up last year.
1: Dominated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: But it's and and that's not a knock on Rachel Hill. It, It is just to say that the teams aren't quite as strong. I mean, Carson Pickett was a league best 11 defender last year for in the W League. So. You know right. that tells you a little bit about that league. They don't have, um, you know, that I think the rosters aren't quite as deep. And I think there was, I think there was some chatter in the NWSL chat room on Slack uh, the other day about how there's one team where there's the goalkeeper is something like twenty two years older than the youngest player on the team.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: and that's quite a disparity. Yeah. So that's um, that's big. Yeah. So, I mean, the W League's got a lot of good players from the NWSL and a lot of I mean, there are a lot of average players, quite frankly, NWSL sort of average players that are playing down there and and starting and getting significant minutes. So um, I'm not trying to knock the league. It's still good soccer to watch. It's uh, an exciting league, but it's not the same level as the NWSL. So I'm not too bothered by it. And, and let's face it, she has has put in some good crosses in the NWSL. She's she, she has. She's been a useful player. I mean, we don't know how many times she dribbled into triple teams in that game.
1: But that's that's true. We didn't watch the game. So that could have been <laughs> the one shining moment for all we know. You're, you're right. That's right.
0: Although I, I plan to watch more of those games. Those are on ESPN Plus. So I. I I'm gonna try, oh, well, yeah, I'm I've gonna got I got that. Try to win. A, try to watch a few more of those games to see how the pride players are doing down there. Yeah, uh, Danny Weatherholt and Christine Nairn each had four shots the other day in a nil-nil draw. So they were they were getting their opportunities, too. I I don't know if Danny Weatherholt's ever had four shots in a game in the NWSL. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Nairn,
1: maybe, but (laughs) certainly not Weatherholt.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. So, yeah, congrats to Chi on the call up. Maybe she'll get uh, get capped. And uh, I think I believe the way it works is you have to be capped in a competitive game uh, to be cap tied to a nation. So uh, she would still be kind of probably leaning toward England because it seems to be there's more opportunity there for her and Certainly. than in the U.S. And uh, if she gets a competitive cap, you know, there's still that old, that old always that one-time switch that uh, FIFA allows. So you never know what can happen there. Um, uh, the U.S. women's national team would be in action, Dave, in November. And, of course, Orlando Pride – Uh, will be represented by Alex Morgan and Ashlyn Harris when they go to play Portugal and Scotland in Europe on the 8th and the 13th. So uh, some good, um, you know, expected call ups there and it'll be good uh, pre World Cup build up for the U.S. Women's National Team.
1: Yeah, the big news there will be uh, will Ashlyn get to play? Uh, and, uh, will Alex continue her one goal per match average, uh, or maybe even increase it? Cause, uh, as, as much as she hasn't been on fire for the pride, she has been for the U S women's national team, um, which since we're supporters, that's good, but you know, we kind of want her to spread it around a little bit more. Um, but still, it, it, it'll be good, uh, uh, to see that. And of course, if you're not looking forward to the, the world cup next year, then I, I don't know if I can talk to you.
0: So two games to maybe uh, reach that 100 goal mark for Alex
1: yeah absolutely uh, that that's coming up and where's where does where is she sitting on the list right now I can't remember I believe
0: she's at 97 goals right now
1: okay, okay. I, I, no, think, I, meant...
0: I think six previous uh, women have reached a hundred goals or more for okay. the US uh, so led led of course by Abby Wambach so um, of course there there's you know she'll be moving up the charts uh, she's She's still got a few good years left in her and I expect yeah. that she'll pass a few more players. She probably won't. She maybe not pass Abby, but um, she may Abby get, would be she, a tough one. She yeah. may get pretty high up on that list. So before she's all said and done, if she can, especially if she continues the way that she's been going. I mean, you know, those those group games in the World Cup, uh, those there's probably going to be a tough team and two probably not so tough teams to play against there. And there'll be some there'll be plenty of friendlies leading up to that. Um that uh, tournament as well so i expect a couple of things uh we're not going to see much of alex morgan and ashlyn harris in a pride uniform until after the world (laughs) cup next year because i'm sure there will be a lot of friendly scheduled and um you know she should reach 100 and and you know provided she stays healthy she could go uh pretty high up on the u.s scoring list so Looking forward to that, although I will have to tape the games because they're on in the afternoon on weekdays, and I'll be at work. So, Yeah, kind of
1: that that does kind of stink. I, and you had sent that out today, and I hadn't had a chance to look at my calendar to see if I'm going to be able to, to observe any of those and help out. But uh, hopefully I will because I, I, I want to watch, but yes. like you, I, I might be at work.
0: 1 o'clock p.m. on Thursday, the 8th, um, nope. against Portugal, and then against Scotland at 2 p.m. on Tuesday, the 13th. Yeah, nope, sorry.
1: <laughs> and it's dumb. definitely they had done a Wednesday. It's
0: Yeah, well, see, that's the thing is I work from home two days a week. Plus, you know, they get the weekend. So four of the seven days, I could probably keep an eye on that. And so, of course, they're playing on two of the three days that I'm not able to keep an eye on. And uh, then the men are doing the same damn thing because they play on the 15th. Uh, at England, uh, 3 p.m. That's a Thursday. And then on the following Tuesday at Italy, also 3 p.m. So screw you guys for scheduling right. on those days.
1: <laughs> man, man. All right. Oh, well, stupid so USS. Much. So, so much. Oh, oh well, that, <sighs> that's a sentiment that we can all get behind. Yeah.
0: All right, Dave. So. Uh, That takes care of some Orlando City news, some Orlando Pride news. Usually in this uh, final regular season wrap-up podcast, we usually go down the roster and go stays or goes, and we play that game. But there's a lot of players on the on the roster this year because of the, uh, the way that Orlando City operated without an OCB this year. So it's not like 23 players. It's like 29 players. Yeah, Uh, that's a lot. And it's always a very time consuming segment. So I think what we'll do is we'll save that for our November podcast. We'll be going monthly uh, once each in November, December, January, February. And then we'll probably start up the last week of February as a as a weekly again, as we prepare for the season uh, that which probably will start the first week of March, as it usually does. But we'll probably know something about some of the guys who are not coming back so it might even actually save us some time next month when we do
1: that it it might and and before everybody freaks out we're not going to be uh it's not it'll be mid-november not late november uh so
0: yeah we're targeting the second week of november uh to get it in well before thanksgiving because we're trying to get some special guests lined up and we don't want to get it too close to the holidays
1: yeah and of course we're also human beings and yeah. You know, we have holidays and we know that you're probably not going to listen to us unless it's really that bad at Thanksgiving for you. Uh, and then by all means, you know, have a listen to the podcast. Yeah.
0: So that'll be fun because usually this club, they didn't do it last year. I think they did it a little earlier last year than the first two years. First two years, it was Black Wednesday. They, yes. they announced the cuts uh, the day before Thanksgiving in the first two years. I think last year might have been maybe a week before Thanksgiving, so it might have, uh, you know, give people a break. I don't know. I I always thought it was bad to like, okay, you're cut. Oh, thanks. I really enjoy my holiday now with the family. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, James O'Connor will be I mean, this is the week he's starting with player interviews this week. He's going to talk to guys. He's going to find out where their heads are at, find out who wants to be here, who, you know, he already probably has a good idea of who he wants to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's going to have to powwow with Nikki Budalich and uh, Alex Latow, and say, these are the guys I want us to keep, you know, what's their contract status. How do we get them resigned if they, you know, if they're not under contract or he'll be saying, I really don't want these guys. Uh, and they're, if they're under contract, you got to find a way to move them. Whether that's a buyout, you get one a year. Uh, in MLS, And uh, if it's not a buyout, you know, you got to try to transfer him somewhere, find a place for him to play.
1: Yeah. And so that's that's actually the hard part. Uh, you know, the easy part is for uh, for James to go, OK, I want this guy and I don't want that guy. Uh, make it happen.
0: <laughs> yes. The easy part is for James O'Connor to say, I want Messi and Ronaldo and <laughs> you need to get them for me. Um, that's yes. the easiest part. Um, OK, so let's turn our attention toward the other professional soccer team in Orlando, Dave. Big day for the Orlando Seawolves as we record this on Tuesday, the 30th. Uh, by the way, happy, happy birthday to my dad. If you were actually cared at all about soccer, you might be listening to this right now, but you don't. So you're not. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the Seawolves announced their coach today and it's none other than then Tom Traxler, the radio analyst and sometimes television analyst uh, or- on Orlando City uh, broadcast for the last several years. He is a he's a high school coach locally. I don't believe he's ever coached at the professional level. Uh, I thought this was a bit of a curious hire. I I, I would have expected somebody, maybe a, a retired indoor soccer player, somebody with a lot of experience in indoor soccer. To my knowledge, uh, Tom has never played indoor soccer professionally and I don't think he's ever coached indoor soccer. I I may be wrong, but certainly there was none of that in the press release from the uh, (laughs) Seawolves. So I would think that if that was relevant experience, it would have been included in their press release. And I didn't get any of that um, from what they, what they released. And so, uh, I mean, Tom does have a lot of connections in town, soccer connections. He's, he's a very enthusiastic guy. He's, he's a guy who, um, you know, he knows some of these players very well, obviously, Lewis Neal, Luke Bowden, Tyler Turner, uh, Johnny Mendoza. These are all former Orlando City players, uh, so he has relationships there. Um, but I just think it's a little bit of a curious hire. I mean, his assistant coach is the team's goalkeeper, uh, Peter uh, Sliwa, Sliwa, I think it's pronounced. Um, he's a 30-something-year-old goalkeeper uh, and also coaches at a college. Um you know, when the, when the MASL season is not ongoing. So he's got an assistant who's a player coach and um, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting hire. I mean, I, I hope Tom does well because this, this city could use a, a successful professional soccer franchise.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, maybe it's one of those things where he's the, uh, the titular head. He's the, he's the face man. Um, and that. uh the goalkeeper and, and, and Neil and, and some of the others are actually just running all the practices and stuff with, uh, with him popping in going, Hey, guys, everything. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> I, I, you know, who knows? Um, it's, uh, yeah, right. It's interesting. And it, it'll be more interesting once, uh, you know, things get going to see, see how this all plays out. Um, I, <laughs> It kind of, it, this along with the, uh, the the cheese stuff kind of hit us all uh, broadside today.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like, um, you know, you got professional teams hiring Tom Traxler to be their head coach. You got Chioma Bogugu getting international call-ups from countries she's not even living in. And it's madness. It's dogs and cats living together. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because Orlando, it's almost like the Seawolves – Took a page out of an old '70s uh, TV show and went. That's just crazy enough to work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and either that or he killed the interview. I mean,
0: yeah, or th- maybe maybe no one else applied for the job. Ooh, ouch. I'm I'm just, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to dis I'm not trying to disparage Tom. I just thought it was a very curious hire. I mean, I would again I would have thought somebody who has a lot more. Recent, in fact, major league or major arena soccer league experience, somebody who knows the league really well. And maybe he knows the league really well. I don't know. I'm really I've talked to Tom a number of times. I've never talked to him about indoor soccer. Um, I know that Miguel Gallardo played indoor soccer. He spent a lot of time with Tom last year. So maybe they talked a lot and maybe that's how Tom got the idea that, Hey, I'd like to go for this, but it just, you don't see a lot of pro franchises hiring high school coaches. Do you?
1: I haven't, uh, but I haven't done a lot of research, so <laughs> I'm not sure I'd have to, that would, that would be a deep dig for sure. Uh, I think you're, I think you're right. That's, that's not something that happens every day.
0: No, I, I mean, that's, that to me is the curious part. Now, that said, again, I'm I'm interested to see how this works out. I'm 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 not trying to put. Uh, it's nothing against Tom. It's just was no, and curious, we wish him well. It was just a curious hire to me based on his experience level versus what you you would expect. And and this is a team that obviously has some really good relationships overseas because they're bringing in you know like the Colombian and Brazilian U21 teams to play in an exhibition, and they're going to be playing Brazil's. Um, Brazil's mini soccer team, national mini soccer team, which I guess is what they call their indoor soccer. And um, so they've they've got some, you know, global reach and and some connections, obviously. But um, uh, this is something that kind of took me by surprise. In fact, it will be interesting to see how this works out, because the season runs through uh, into April where Orlando City is going to be playing games. So how's that going to work? Um, I haven't looked far enough. To, you know, obviously, we don't have the, the MLS schedule out yet, so we don't know if there's going to be any conflicts, but uh, an interesting hire for sure. We're going to try to get Tom on the uh, the program here at one of these off uh, off season, um you know, uh, podcasts. So we'll see if we can get him on and get him talking and, and find out how that's all going to go. We uh, uh, would like to also get out and cover some games. I did some outreach today on that front. So. I'm sure we'll be able to get credentialed and get some press releases sent to us directly. Uh, I should have already reached out to them. I've just been extremely busy. Uh, and, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. But the first game for the Seawolves will be in November, November 30th. I'm talking about regular season. They have an exhibition coming up, I think, the second week of the month against Brazil, as I mentioned. But the 30th, they will host St. Louis. Uh, at Silver Spur Arena at 7:35 p.m. That'd be the first regular season match for the Orlando Seawolves. I'm gonna probably try to be there for that one, so uh, we'll be, you know, we'll be able to live tweet it, and we'll be able to talk about it on the podcast and uh, do some write-ups and that kind of thing.
1: And if you're in the area, go watch it. It's professional soccer, you know. It- It's not an
0: expensive night out. You know, I think you can probably get tickets for less than 10 bucks a piece uh, for your family for individual game tickets, I'm guessing. Uh, Or maybe in that range. I think season tickets uh, start at like $10 a game. So probably maybe a little bit more, maybe 12 bucks or something like that. But I'm sure it's, you know, it's probably comparable to a minor league baseball game.
1: I was going to say it's going to be cheaper than going to the movies.
0: Yeah, exactly. It would be cheaper even than an OCB game. Ooh. Although I don't know what OCB is going to be like in League One. That, it might be pretty cheap to go see them in League One. That's true. All right, Dave. We've talked about the Lions and the Pride and the Seawolves. Oh, my. Um, we This is normally where we hit the Ask the Mainland Podcast questions. <laughs> I don't know if we have any questions this week.
1: Well, I'm not so sure that we have any readers right now. So that would be kind of...
0: Uh... Or listeners?
1: Yeah, or listeners. Uh, so it would be hard for anybody to actually actually do so. Um,
0: yeah, everybody's checked out, or they've asked us everything that they've ever wanted to know.
1: Which I find weird, given that you know, there's Adventure Four stuff out there, and there's always questions about beer and TV shows. I mean, we've answered these things before, people. Maybe
0: people already know everything, and we should be asking them questions
1: ooh that's a good thing Let's start doing that yes
0: we we need to be um, we need to be educated on uh, on many many topics so
1: that sounds like a
0: proactive thing yeah uh, we'll get around to that uh, We do have an email from a friend of the podcast Lee Gavlik uh, Lee. by the way, if you want to get in your questions for the November podcast, Please do so. You can do it one of two ways: hit us up on Twitter. We are at the Mainland. That's our Twitter account. The at symbol followed by the Mainland, main spelled like a lion's mane. Please use the hashtag #AskTMLPC, uh, or you can email us themainland at gmail dot com is how you can do that. As SBN still hasn't gotten us our dedicated Mainland email account yet, which I should probably <laughs> I should probably write to. Uh, Drop a note to Jeremiah and find out where that's at. um,
1: Maybe follow up. Yeah,
0: maybe I should follow up. Maybe everybody else on all the other sites have theirs and we haven't got ours yet. (laughs) Just because you haven't been. We haven't haven't been the squeaky wheel. (laughs) Uh, I was the squeaky wheel to get us uh, verified on Twitter. So we were one of the first ones to get verified. So that was kind of cool. Because uh, I was like, "Hey, how are we getting verified? Hey, can you see if we can get verified? Hey, are we verified yet? Hey, we're not verified. What's going on with the verification?"
1: So we got uh, that going. Yeah. So we we got nice. the
0: verification. We got the blue check mark, which I think is always very validating. Only you know, if only for me,
1: <laughs> if only self validating.
0: <laughs> All right. So Lee Gavlik, a uh, longtime friend and writer to the podcast, says no questions this week. Dave, just gratitude. I very much appreciate the levity that you guys bring to supporting what right now are soccer teams in disarray, both in podcast and blog forms. You do a lot to entertain many and you do it for little or no pay. Yes, let's emphasize the little or no pay. He <laughs> uh, put that
1: in all caps, yeah, right? <laughs> no,
0: he didn't. But I'm going to bold it for you right here on the podcast. Uh, he says, enjoy the winter, but know that many are already looking forward to the monthly editions of the podcast. Go city and go pride. Thanks Lee for the very kind uh, email. Um, But you could have, you you could have still asked us a question, but again, maybe Lee knows everything now.
1: Or, you know, he's, he feels bad for us because we've had to do all the uh, covering of this, this season of disarray. So uh, he, he wanted to let us off easy.
0: I feel bad for us.
1: I do. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had to, I actually sent out a note to everybody on our staff this week saying yeah. thank you for, you know, your, your dedication and your contributions this year. Cause it's not been fun at all. And you know,
1: it's, it, it hasn't, hasn't <laughs> it, no, it hasn't. And, and as you know, I, I sent out a, a, a message to the guys, but also to you in particular, Michael, for all that you do uh, to keep all of this running. So uh, I'm sure that our listeners and our readers appreciate that, but uh, I do. And I'm sure the rest of the staff does as well.
0: Well, it's not a big deal. All I have to do is neglect my real job and my family. And, um, and oh, is that all?
1: See, I yeah, thought it was more difficult. All, that. Never all, mind. Uh, I take it all back.
0: All I have to do is yeah, <laughs> is just not have a life and, and dedicate all of my extra waking moments and free time, what little there is, uh, to running this site and this podcast and not getting. Um, you know, paid a living wage to do it or really a wage per se. <laughs> um, well, then I take,
1: I, I take it all back. Yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's fair enough. All right. Thank you to everybody who wrote us uh, podcast questions, uh, ask TMLPC questions all year long. We didn't get any questions this week, but that's fine. It's, it's fine. We had yeah, other things to talk about. Sure. All right, Dave, before we get out of here, why don't we just take a quick gander at the Major League Soccer playoff bracket um, playoffs getting underway this very week? Of course, your Orlando City SC not among those teams in the postseason. I know it comes as a surprise after this, uh, you know, what we've witnessed this year, but it it turns out that eight
1: wins will not get you in the playoffs. I, I, that's probably the biggest shock of the week. <laughs> biggest shock. All
0: right, let's take a look at the knockout rounds, and just tell me quickly who you think gets through. Let's start out west and go LAFC, the third seed, against Real Salt Lake. Salt Lake sneaking in at that sixth seed.
1: Um, yeah, as as much as I would like to call a uh, the sneaker getting in there, I'm I'm going to go LAFC on that one.
0: OK, yeah, I believe LAFC will win that, but I would really like for um, if 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 they are going to win, I want a Mike Petkey meltdown uh, on Twitter. I want I want Twitter video of, of of another classic rant from Mike Petkey. Otherwise, no, I'll absolutely. Win. Absolutely. Otherwise, I want RSL to win. Uh, the other Western Conference knockout round game is fourth seed FC Dallas, fifth
1: seed Portland Timbers. What do you think? Man, that one is a lot tougher. Uh, you know, obviously the Timbers have a lot of experience in the uh in the playoffs, but I feel Dallas has been real good this year. I'm going to go FC Dallas on that one, but it's it's almost a toss-up.
0: So, Toyota Stadium, it will be a road game for Portland, but I I think I think Portland maybe wins this one. I think Portland maybe gets through. I think yeah. Dallas has kind of been up and down this year. Portland seems like they've been better in recent weeks. I, I like Diego Valeri, uh Blanco, those guys, I think uh, are quality players. I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. Pick Portland on this one, I think.
1: No, like I say, I mean that that that's a toss up for me. So I mean that, that's that's almost too too close to call.
0: Uh Eastern Conference knockout round, uh you will have third seed New York City FC in a rematch of the season finale against Sixth seed Philadelphia Union, the union got bombed on Sunday, but were they holding something back?
1: As much as I'd like to think they were, I unfortunately don't think so. Uh, Unfortunately, NYCFC rolls on, but uh, I want to be I want to be wrong on that one.
0: Um, New York City FC probably wins this one, although they kind of played like hot garbage over the last couple months of the season. Um, they really didn't pick up where they left off after the coaching changed the way New York Red Bulls did. Uh, no. I give Union a puncher's chance in this game because of Andre Blake and the way that that defense has played this year, they didn't have a good game on Sunday. But again, maybe they were just not wanting to tip their hand. It's And it's really tough to play the same team in back-to-back weeks. So I give the Union a puncher's chance. This might be a toss-up. Yeah, I agree with you. But you know the the good thing that New York City has going for it in this game, playing on the postage stamp.
1: Oh God! Oh yeah, that's 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 a huge advantage that uh, I, nobody should have to do that. Really? No, they should farm that game out. Uh,
0: you know, they should farm that game out to like Connecticut or something. I don't know. Other Eastern Conference, Dave. Uh, game, Dave is uh, the. <sighs> D.C. United all the way back to a home playoff game from where they were just a couple of months ago. Tremendous turnaround since uh, getting not only a home stadium, a brand new stadium, but also getting Wayne Rooney. That kind of tends to help. And D.C. United will be the fourth seed against number five seed Columbus Crew SC. Who do you got?
1: I, I want crew to win because I want them to go on after everything that they've had to go through this season. Unfortunately, I think uh, Mr. Wayne Rooney is going to be too much for them and I think uh, United's going to win it.
0: I think D.C. wins as well. I would like to see the crew win. They've just not have played, uh, haven't played well down the stretch. They did get a big win against Minnesota to to get in, but you know, I mean,
1: they, D.C. United is not Minnesota. The, the crew just lost to Orlando City, so come on. Yeah, I mean, mean, if you're one of only, you know, eight losses uh, or or, or eight wins in a season, that's that's not good.
0: All right. So anyway, those are the knockout round games, Dave. And then you've got the um, lowest advancing seed in the West will go to top seed sporting Kansas City. Uh, The highest advancing seed will go to Seattle to play the Sounders in the Eastern Conference. The Red Bulls are the top seed. They will get the lowest advancing seed from the knockout round and Atlanta United will get the highest advancing seed. Um, So since we don't know which teams will be playing those teams, we did, we did give a little prediction. So I guess we could theoretically go through with our bracket, but I don't want to get too involved in that. Just give me your overall sense of who gets out of the West, who gets out of the East and who do you think wins MLS cup this year?
1: Who? Well, Let's see. Out of the West, I'm going to stick with LAFC and out of the East uh, Red Bulls, um, you know, despite, you know, having a little bit of trouble with an Orlando team, I, I still think that they're uh, they're playing well. I think they're strong. Uh, they did win the supporter shield. And, and I think that uh, I, I, I th- I just have a feeling uh, that where I I just want them to, since that was the last team we lost to.
0: I have Seattle getting out of the West. They've just been tremendous the second half of the season. I mean, they started out as hot garbage and it looked like I thought, man, this is the year Orlando finally gets to beat Seattle. And then the teams went the exact opposite directions (laughs) and Seattle has been unbelievable. They, they finished the second seed. I mean, it was only, it was probably less than 90 days ago that they were, like second to bottom in the West and they turned it completely around. They did what they did, what Washington or what DC did only without getting Wayne Rooney and without getting a brand new stadium and a whole bunch of home games at the end of the year.
1: Yeah. They are the polar opposite of Orlando city.
0: Yeah. So I I think Seattle escapes the West in the East. I really like the Red Bulls as a team. Um, But I think that, I think there's a chance for some chaos in the East. I think I think we could see DC skate all the way through in this, but the the hardest part really is that, um, you know somebody's going to have to go through Atlanta in that big stadium with that huge crowd, and then you know, obviously if the top seeds hold, it's New is Atlanta going to New York, so uh, that will be a heck of a battle. Uh, but I yeah. I mean, I could see the East getting some chaos and, and maybe a team like D.C. sneaking through. But um, I would like to see the Red Bulls kind of um, finally get over the hump and win something other than a supporter shield, because I think that that's a team that deserves it. And I also think that's a team that won't be together very much longer. Bradley Wright Phillips has got probably a couple more years in him, but I think Tyler Adams is going to be playing in Europe soon. Um, I would not be surprised to see Tim Parker and Aaron Long playing in, the, in Europe soon because both of them are solidly in the U.S. men's national team picture and are quality, quality center backs. When I looked at the back line of, of the Red Bulls prior to the game on Sunday, I thought, well, it's another shutout. <laughs> because <laughs> and you are <were> right. <laughs> because Long and Parker are tremendous, and Marillo's played quite well for them at, at the right back position. And Kemar Lawrence is a freak at the left back position. I mean, you saw yeah. you saw in the game Sunday how much ground he made up on Chris Mueller when Chris Mueller had about a fifteen yard head start on him for a ball into the corner, and Kemar Lawrence got there first and shielded and got there not only got there but got in front of Mueller to shield him off and get a goal kick.
1: Yeah, and and I'm not saying that Mueller's a speedster, but he's he's not slow either.
0: Right, and he had a big lead. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I I'd like to see the Red Bull, but I think a Red Bull Seattle finale at Red Bull Arena would be tremendous, and also probably be pretty cold.
1: Yeah, but it, you're right. It would be a, <laughs> it would, but it would be a great match. And, December eighth
0: uh, is the final.
1: You know, I was I was saying I can't remember if I was saying this or writing this earlier, but it. If, uh, you know, try and try and treat this uh, MLS playoffs like uh, you did last uh, the last World Cup. And in other words, your team's not in there. So just go watch the games and enjoy.
0: Absolutely. Good advice and good advice to end on, Dave, as we put this one to bed. Another, uh, I would say, a quality edition of the mainland podcast episode number 148, which means. Uh, we'll get to 150 in December to close out the year. It'll be a big uh, milestone uh, milestone broadcast.
1: Talk about great timing. Yeah.
0: So thanks uh, to the, everybody who listened to us all season long. We'll be back in November. We hope to have at least one, maybe two special guests for that show. Uh, we'll talk uh, about who stays, who we want to stay, who we want to go, or who we think will stay and who we think will go um, in November uh, from the Orlando City uh roster and we'll bring you any more uh Sea Wolves or Pride news that we come across and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about hopefully. So uh what do you think Dave should we put a bow on this one? Let's put a bow on it. All right, you can read our stuff at themainland.com. Please subscribe to this podcast and send us uh send us some uh, some feedback on iTunes, you know, uh, write us uh, give us a five-star review and write a review and we will read it on the show we didn't get any this week so i didn't uh i didn't read any because i actually checked i was not lazy this week i checked
1: no he wasn't we're very (laughs) fragile we're very fragile egos and we would love some feedback uh, give us some feedback tell your friends about us uh you can like us
0: on facebook and follow us on twitter at the mainland and um we'll be back in november so until then on behalf of david rowe i'm michael citro signing off episode 148 of the mainland podcast by saying Go City, go Pride, and go Seawolves.